The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo, do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO, you only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. Welcome to Driving Well Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Lane. Uh, Mark. And I'm Brian. What, what the, the fuck is going on? Yeah. What's wrong with you guys? You you guys, you, Brian, you said what? yours before Art did, and then he said it over you. <laughs> what? That's not how yeah. I'm hearing it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm starting. A delay. I'm starting right when art finishes. Yeah, no way. That's no, what I heard. That's crazy, dude. I heard. I heard him come what? after me. Right. I don't know what's happening. The show must go on, guys. Go mm-hmm. on. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't know how we're going to recover from hey, that. But uh, I wanted I'm to okay. bring up something. I was watching a show with the my girls the other day. It's called Star Girl on HBO. Is that your girlfriend's? Uh, what? You say your girls like like you know I have, I have a lady would be hanging out with their girlfriends. I don't know if yeah, it's your girlfriends daughters. or um, your daughters. I don't know. So it's some like Marvel show or something, or it's DC, I guess. Um, but Luke Wilson's in it, and he's like a he's a mechanic, and he owns a little Uh-oh. shop, and he's working on this car, and they're it's an old I, uh, I forget what it is, but anyways they're cranking it over, and it's like da 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 da. Da, 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 da. And this kid walks by. He goes, "Sounds like the alternator." <laughs> and he's and Luke's like, "Oh, you know cars, huh?" And I'm like, cool. "What the fuck? It's not the alternator. The car's turning over. Like clearly, <laughs> it's turning alternator. over. It has power. Like you know, it's just such a. It's like what? Uh, that's no one of those things. It, it took me out of the show so quick. I was like, "Fuck you!" Like how how can that be the thing? Right? Like was he? Would any mean starter? Or did they mean to say Even starter? if it's a starter, it was turning, it was turning over. over. It doesn't matter. That's weird. It was the it's whole like a, point is the car was like turning coil, over fast. coil wire or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah no exactly. Or a fuel, fuel pump, pump or yeah. any, like, right? Yeah. Like, it was the same. So I was watching uh, Stranger Things, and yeah. um, they're about to get run down by a crazy zombie guy or whatever, and, um, and uh, they try to start the car, and it's not working. And the guy gets out, and I, I almost called it out. I was like, ah, oh, that kind of sounds like a, the coil wire's disconnected. Oh, yeah. And I didn't say anything, and I'm so pissed that, that I That was when they were at the mall? Or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right? yeah. he pops the hood, and it's like, the coil wire's gone, and, like, the dude's got it hanging by his rearview yeah, mirror, yeah, and he yeah. stole it or whatever. And I was like, damn it, I would have gotten so much street cred with my wife if I would have called that out. <laughs> I wish I would have said something out loud. But that's legit, like, dude. Dude, Not 600 like I know, that's good. Yeah, yeah like I was like impressed. Like that, was a good job. Yeah. yeah. The biggest problem with Stranger Things, I remember people saying, because you know they had cool cars in that show and everything. But uh, at one point they're in this like junkyard and there's all these tires everywhere and they're all like modern oh. tires. Oh yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. said. I remember yeah, that. Scene. That was yeah. my take. Yeah. I think yeah, Wham noticed there was like S drives or something in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that's the problem, but they're doing pretty good, you know. Yeah, very. Ac- that's a that's accurate. a hard one though. Like, how are you yeah. gonna go find <laughs> the the best one? Awesome. I mean, ever, you can go on Tyrac and buy a bunch of the Pirelli P six thousands or whatever, and I mean there know, are CN thirty sixes, and there's plenty of old tires hanging around. But searching them, but all it's hard down to like, doing that like, research. Such a pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like, think the worst ever though, is the the freaking the the worst nitpick or I mean fail on this case would be the um, the Lamborghini Aventador in Dallas. Buyers Club. Remember oh, the poster? So That's the, the worst, worst I've ever seen. Yeah, the like, worst, was, dude. <laughs> in his office in 1987 is a Lamborghini Aventador poster. Directly behind him, a huge poster. Yeah, oh, like God. in fr- like, and it's on the on the frame in frame like four times during that scene. How you do know? you not catch that? This is so weird. Yeah, so bad, dude. Idiots. Idiots. <laughs> All right, this is the Sunday edition. Um, I know we left off. With Brian having sold a car, and we were talking about on the Thursday edition about carbureted versus fuel injected Volvos. Um, I don't know if we want to start there, if we want to tease that and maybe get going with something different. I don't know. How are you guys feeling? What you got, Lane? Do you have anything? <laughs> I, I, I have a, I'll do a quick update. 
Um, I haven't really driven much lately. Gotten out and driven, but I did. Uh, Cheers. I did order a few parts for my car the other day, like because you know, just a tune-up kit essentially. So I ordered a fuel pump, spark plug, spark plug wires, distributor cap, rotor, kind of all that stuff. Um, which ends up being a lot of money. It's so you know you're like this oh, is a Pelican shit, parts thing or what? Pelican parts, yeah, yeah. You know. It do, it adds up, dude. For you know, the and you're getting wires too, and you're like wires are 160 bucks or whatever, yeah. and you all of a sudden you're like almost 400 bucks, you know? And it's yeah, like, yeah oh, right. Look at, but um, my car has been running great and everything. It's just like on startup like cold start it'll be a little rough and i think you know probably spark plug wire like i don't remember the last time i changed the wires don't you know plugs i probably did like four like three years ago you sure it's not the um, alternator yeah sure it's not the <laughs> alternator um and i don't remember you know distributor cap and rotor were probably four or five years ago so it's definitely due for all that that kind of that stuff so i decided that's nice it's Do a it better time than ever right and like um get kind of like prep for our next rallies and stuff that feels like a responsible cool. thing to do yeah, yeah i, I felt like better now than you know i'm like uh, i'd rather do this than like have it fuck up on a rally or something you know mm-hmm. it's, it's like, like scrambling to, yeah yeah i want to send my injectors out for cleaning on my e30 and I'd i like just to have it dedicated myself to do it because obviously the car will be down but i, I should just do it like yeah. now is yeah. probably the best time so what do you think about this Wem? what about ordering new injectors installing those and then and then just sending those out to be cleaned then used ones and then you have those on a shelf for you know right, next time around. right? they're pretty expensive i don't yeah. know 100 bucks each or what are they oh yeah yeah, yeah. i think really? they're, they're probably close to that and yeah like often 80, it's 80 and 90 bucks each or something, 60 70 bucks at the cheapest yeah. so i mean dude it adds up six cylinder obviously so yeah, that's no no joke. And sometimes um, they're not even. And the turnaround are they is even really available? Quick. Like, can you get new injectors? Yeah, for or the they'll E30? have like an upgraded one. You know, it's like the modern ver- equivalent that'll work even better. And here's you know? here's the other thing too. You send these things out to be cleaned. Like, really, what you want is you send them out. You get flow matched, and then ideally, you're sending more than six. You get a, a oh, handful of them, and then they pick. They put together the best, the best match set. Uh, uh, something that yeah. I've heard. Well, uh, my buddy uh, Will Will Krieger has a place that he uses down south, and they're they're super quick, and they include the flow before and after, you know, flow chart, and um, it's a really quick turnaround. So I think that's probably the way to go. It obviously the car will be down, but the n- good news is that the M20 does not require intake manifold removal to nice. get the injectors out. So. That's usually a pretty big like project for some cars. You know, you're going down, mm-hmm. down a rabbit hole. So, yeah, I kind of um, want to do that too. News. I think I feel like it's one of those things where like you never really pay attention to that, but you're, you know, I especially think you our so cars with like it. hundreds of thousands of miles on them, like they're probably gonna right. need it, right? Like, it's, and I always run super good gasoline, Chevron, Tecron, if I can, but. You know, it's old. They're just old. Yeah, I'm so a Valaro guy, so I'm right with you. So check this yeah, out. You're, you're right there. <laughs> top tier, though. Hey, uh, alternative. Top tier. Here's an alternative. Um, you can buy six of them on eBay for 50 bucks, and they're tested, and they actually give you a reading. So, but I would oh, clean. Wow. The, I would get so, those. So you go uh, rebuild. send those straight out. <laughs> send those straight out. Right. Um, See, I, so I need to take mine out because I think there was there's a color, obviously, but the, even the colors had different part numbers green based on yeah years. there's like the green top and the yellow or whatever Yeah, but i don't know if that's the for sure thing like you could be getting a green that was di- a different build you know spec so mm. i think getting one out at least to see it and mm-hmm. put eyes on it and then yeah that's cool though i was thinking about used ones and i'm like is it really worth it because the turnaround's so quick that i won't have to buy new ones but yeah having two sets sounds like a pretty good call yeah, especially for then, you, since you intend on keeping the car for a really long time, and you you eventually get around to this, right? Like these these. Although, wait, nice you don't to drive have. your car that much. <laughs> How many miles have you put on it? Dude, I don't know. Yeah, and wait, aren't you getting an arts work. engine? Oh yeah, Why, dude, clean right. the injectors here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, cr- well, we'll his talk, probably we'll need to be off, cleaned off as well. Right? Well, yeah, yeah, you should art. You should clean your injectors. Hint, hint. I'll clean my injectors <laughs> for wham. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> put a little tech run in there. Um, I need to yeah, clean my injectors too. Yeah. We need to all, we, just, we should do it like a group. We'll just send all the injectors down. <laughs> yeah. Injector party? Get them all mixed up and yeah. And our, see what our can do is have K- an injector party tonight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
Yeah, you got to do that on your K24, right, Art? Uh, I don't know if it's DFI, actually. I need to check. I don't know. What? Um, <laughs> what did you just I got a quick... Dude, that's not gotta, DFI. It's not, right? No. Direct injection? Nah, dude. No. No, no way. That's like a pretty special thing. That's a very new Later, thing. Yeah. Modern thing. Yeah. No, there are definitely injectors on there. Um, I just looked it up. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Wham. Oh, I was just going to say I have a couple little ones. Uh, one is that I finally have gotten rid of and sold the Mighty Max. Techno Magnesio <gasps> wheels. <laughs> not the Mighty Max. It's not for sale. No Get price. Get rid of it. <laughs> the, the it's weighing on art, I'll, I'll, too. I didn't even realize it. It says, like, I thought effects. I was the Mighty Max hater. I didn't expect Damn. someone else to come. Now I feel like I need to defend it. Well, now that you brought it up, I'm going to have to tell Mighty Max stories since oh, that's where this is going. We get he's going to penalize. It goes hand in hand with the wheels, I think. That's what I'm, I, I oh. saw a picture. I imagine that those wheels were sitting Although in the he didn't have anything yeah. under the wheels. I was a little slightly nope. around. No. I was very gentle. I was no very, tap. very gentle. Yeah. Um, so the Mighty Max, we got uh, a couch gifted to us, and we had an old couch that we was kind of falling apart. I did the couch dump run on the way back, pick up the new couch, one run. Nice. So it was couch out, couch in. Thank Ooh. you, Mighty Max. Just Thanks, like Mighty the injectors. Max. Yeah. Or okay. thank you, Vanagon. Oh, Vanagon with the couch? Come on, Lane. <laughs> yes. Yeah, why not? It was sticking out the back of the truck. What? How big is this the couch? The couch was sticking out the big. It's a regular three-seat couch, but they're pretty long. Yeah, it could stick out so the back I, of the Vanagon. Like, so you're putting it on the the seats. You're just yeah, sliding you it in the there. Seat down. Yeah, yeah. And the tailgates this open. Is, he yeah. asks like this is crazy, dude. Yeah, tailgates <laughs> compared to a truck. <laughs> tailgate is often moving couches. Yeah. You uh, for moving big things. I'm no shocked at you, Brian. Right dirty now, ass truck. Yeah, dude, it was on the legs. How is it fucking dirty? Shit happens, dude. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and it was sticking out so it wasn't on all four legs that means part of it was just hanging on that dirty tail yeah, how do you know a bird didn't poop on it while you were it was on the tailgate yeah. it's on the tailgate alright you guys are insane exhaust fumes to all talk, up in that talk Remember? to me about <laughs> Brian I'm shocked at you right now you're hating on truck use this is absurd dude we have a long standing beef you're trying to drag race the Skylark bro <laughs> We should have fucking done it, too. It would have been a duel. I would have shot you like Aaron Burr yeah, or whatever. Yeah? You, yeah. you think it wasn't yeah. on purpose that I sold Dude, the car I, first? I've driven I've driven both, <laughs> no. and my money was on Mighty Max, by the way. I'm just he was trying to tell me that it was smiles per gallon or whatever. Yeah, I was, trying to, flip it. I was trying to flip the yeah, competition right at the last no, minute. No, no, no. <laughs> Anyways. You do a test. That, like, you have Art and I drive both cars. You go over smiles more. You go <laughs> exactly. lean out, like 20 smiles in the Mighty Max, but, How but exactly. 50 in the convertible we would put calipers on it and measure the smile oh, thickness yeah. thermometer <laughs> a smile meter yeah well the wheels techno magnesio um Wait, where did there happen to be what what what's the history on these things why do you have these 108s have these five by 108 like 10 yeah like 10 years ago i was given them um well i paid for them but they were never used they were just basically snow tires for a volvo v70 and they're pretty cool looking. And I always thought someday, like, maybe I'd get another Volvo and kind of held on to them. Fast forward to trying to find out any information about them. There's nothing. They're made um, out of magnesio? <laughs> yeah, they're made out of techno magnesio. <laughs> and they're, they're 17s made in Italy. or what, what's the... I think they're 17s. They're 16s, right? They're 16s. Okay. Yeah, because they're, they're downsized 17s. from what he has now. Yep. Or I say had now, but because you know, he damaged that one that was a 17 right. that he pulled off, blah, blah. So I need more more tire. But anyways, um, I couldn't find any information on these at all, at all. They make a very, very similar model that is popular with the NSX crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously a different bolt pattern. But um, other than that, nothing. Even their site is all in Italian, and they didn't have any good, like, U.S. representation at all. And I think the wheels are probably from, you know, maybe early 2000s. I'm not sure. Um, so they've been sitting... Long story short, our friend Drew, who has the Volvo uh, V90 with a V8 manual conversion. Uh, by the way, side note, recently got the car back on the road, which I don't think he's really talks about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what what was the problem? Was trans or something? Tranny, the transmission was blown apart inside somehow. T-56. So clutch and flywheel and all that stuff was good. Um, 
so clutch was good, but the, the transmission was the issue and he had happened to preemptively buy a built tranny what? in kind of thinking that this was going to be the problem. No so way. they could just Dang go too. bam, bam. Yeah. So anyways, he says it's really, Brian, yeah, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's it's, like four grand. And he's uh, reporting that it's driving really good, super tight. So, nice. um, yeah. Anyways, Drew rolled over and picked up the wheels and we had done a test fitting before rally from home south so it's been a little while and uh kind of took one of his wheels off and and measured some stuff and put a couple blocks underneath it and all that and uh it looks like it's gonna work so sweet he'll need some tires but i think it's a rad it's a pretty sweet wheel it's um very i think it works like period correct wise yeah those it. are cool dude so they're a they're five grand. spoke kind of like six, a mclaren f1 wheel spoke. in a way six or they're six, six, spoke, spoke. Yeah, six yeah. spoke but they have that kind of like a little a little like warren doesn't like where they bubble out um they're kind of chunky though which i do appreciate they're a chunky spoke right yeah it's kind of like and then yeah, they have a little kink in the middle like they have a it's like a little squared off area in the middle of the spoke it's hard to yeah. explain. So there's a, the Compomotive also made a model that was similar that was popular on rally cars, like on RS200s, or not RS200s, on um, Cosworth RS. What the fuck am I thinking? Escort Cosworth, sorry. Um, it's called the M06. So if people can look up a Compomotive M06. It's basically the same design, but I think that the Techno Magnesios are forged, not cast. So they're actually pretty light, yeah. right, Wham? Did you, did you notice that? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, they are pretty light. So they're they're not perfect. I mean, they were they've been kind of stored and stuff. And I was telling Drew that he should just get them repainted. Don't need to get too fancy, but he was saying that he's basically just going to use them as rally wheels and it wasn't concerned with the way they look. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with them, but um, it's going to be a cool, I think they'll look rad. They have a little lip to them and stuff. They're pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. 16 inch techno magnesio. I'll have to go back and see the picture that you sent about that. Um, so wait, and what does the Mighty update, Max have to do with it? I took a picture in the. They were in the Mighty Max. I was actually cleaning them up did, for Drew back behind there. Did he drive the the Volvo down to? Yeah, he drove up? over. Yeah. Um, then the other update is something that I've been chatting with Ali and our buddy Nick Corda about is that. Um, Ali is, um, well, actually, I should say Camping While Awesome is sponsoring a project that Ali is getting involved in, which is his 1962 Land Rover Series 2A doormobile, which, if you're not familiar, is what a classic Land Rover might look like. Yet, this has a side-opening rooftop tent, which is a very, very cool option. Doormobile uh, modified several different types of cars back in the day, but... This one is really cool. It was his neighbor's car, and it, the guy is, uh, has a, a bunch of weird cars and stuff, and this one happened to be for sale. And so Ali, being Ali, went all in and is getting crazy with it. So um, I haven't seen it in person yet. I've seen a ton of pictures and yeah. talked about it ad nauseum. But um, it's going to basically be kind of like preserved patina, but all you know, very functional, modified to be able to drive it and enjoy it. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a, like basically always been in Sunnyvale since new. It's like, uh, a very clean California land Rover. So I hope to see it soon. I'm not sure how, but, uh, he's, he's definitely, um, the right guy for the project. Cause I think it's going to take some work getting it kind of dialed, but functionally it's, it's all there. And the, the previous owner was pretty meticulous, but not to the like modern, uh, upgrades that Ali may be envisioning. So tune into Camping While Awesome on Instagram, and uh, I think we'll be sharing more of the project there. So it's yeah. kind of exciting. Super cool. Yeah, I um, I just shared this picture. I don't know if, if he sent you this one, Wham, with the top up. Yeah. So cool. Like the whole thing is intact. <laughs> it's original. That's the original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess from my understanding, this is basically like a Westfalia version of, of a Land Rover, right? Like where they have a pop top with like, they can sleep like three people, they have beds up top and like a cot and all that. Um, right. And um, I don't know anything about this. He was just telling me about it. Like just real quick, uh, an abridged version of his story. He told me he was just walking around his neighborhood and he saw an ambulance Land Cruiser in his neighbor's driveway. And he's like, oh, like, what's up with that thing? You know, I've seen it around for a while. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about about building a camping mobile out of one. And he's like, 
like, follow me. <laughs> like, and he's like, oh, shit. And he actually followed him into the backyard, and this is what he had back there. It's, like, perfectly intact, like, super rare rig, which is really so cool. So crazy. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's uh, partly, like, the paint has fallen off the thing, so it's just the aluminum body exposed. And, um, it looks like, like it's all sanded down on the one side. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird because one fender's not like that and i can see like inside of the grill but anyways well, it's when got he a got great it patina. the one fender wasn't on it either right i guess they were doing some brake work to it so i uh, put tires on it and i think he's going to do brakes but otherwise it's pretty darn nice it, and the uh, thing that is crazy is how many side conversations ollie all he has with all of us because I, I had conversations with him about this car as well when he got so, like, so i think that, he yeah. just like goes yeah. like copy and paste it's goes so down the line crazy, dude. it's a it's yeah it's a different different version of the conversation yeah yeah well he hit me up like uh, i don't know a month ago or something about this other one that was more like a 21 window bus so it has like the little corner windows and it's a i think it was a 110 maybe i'm not sure what this the is a 110 Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the longer one with like a the four door basically, but um, this one is too, right? No, it's a is it a four door? I think so. Yeah, yeah this is it's oh yeah, this one. Yeah. Maybe I'm tripping out, but he was mentioning one with a with the additional windows that were kind of like more of a like passenger model, and mm. uh, this is what ended up coming to be. So aren't these actually like one hundred nines or something? And the one ten is a later. That's like in the nineties. More updated. Yeah, I think you're right. So, anyways, uh, 62 Land Rover. Um, I'm sure we'll see it sooner or later, and uh, it will be, I guess, featured on Camping Wall. And so much cooler than something with a rooftop tent, by the way. Like Art mentioned, it's like a van again where, you know, it pops up. And so from inside, you can stand up inside. and Mm -hmm. uh, So the pass-through is everything. And, yeah, yeah and have you it all be into the tent correct. from the inside as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and it's almost like the tent is more to like move around in the car than sleeping. I mean, it's obviously for sleeping, but I'm, there is something to like Westphalia is when you're cooking. If people actually do that in their van, they can stand can up stand and like up. walk around. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. almost like better for just hanging out alongside of a track or at Laguna Seca, you know, with yeah. it up rather than like actually sleeping sleeping in yeah it, right you know exactly exactly so yeah that's all i got cool well um continuing on the topic of ali uh good bud of ours very nice of him to offer to make a custom center cap for me i had mentioned that on the last podcast that um you know we, we were all talking about it really that the center caps are kind of busy they have like all those extra bolts on there and so i was looking for alternatives um, i had mentioned that the, the oz turbo people can google this um um, normally came with a flat center cap that only had one bolt hole that held the center cap to the wheel. And it's a clean design, totally works with this style of wheel that I have, the Ronal SX or ACTSX. And um, so he, he offered to, to 3D print one for me. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked on it. I mean, he sent me some videos of it already in action. Um, obviously, it's, it's you know, it's, it's going to be a plastic unit and it's going to be something that I would paint. Um, but I, I sent him a, a blank one. Um, I pulled one of the center caps off of the wheels. I removed the bolts and I pulled the center cap off with a heat gun. So it's all that it has the recess for the, the center, uh, a sticky little center center cap. So whatever I want to put in there, whether it be ACT or Ronal or we make a custom one, I don't know. Um, fuck boy. Fuck boy. It's all happening. So I'm pretty stoked on that. Um, nice. To, to have that done. Um, the, the Chinese places that I wrote to, one of them wanted a minimum order of 20. Uh, <laughs> the other one didn't respond at all. Um, but, um, I thought this kind of uh, ties into uh, me reaching out to Ronal as well um, because I want to know what the hell is the story behind ACT. So um, I reached out yesterday. I have not heard back yet. I hope I hear you back. I wrote to Ronal Corporate via the press, nice. like uh, the press um, contact, whatever. Um, Dude, everyone there is like, I don't, we don't know what it is. Like, I know. I started like, working here really? five years ago. I know, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and of course, I got an auto response in German. So that's all I've got um, so far. But um, I'm hoping they respond. Nice. It would be awesome to find out exactly what the deal is with these yeah. things. But that's cool. Um, that's all I've got. So with the center cap, you sent it to him. I uh, just shipped it in the mail, probably. And he no, gets I did. It. I did something sneaky. I did something uh, cryptic, as usual, right? Um, I'm sure w- w- Lane's smiling over there. Did, did Ali already text you about this? No. Nah, <laughs> <It's dude. laughs> 
Joe Deputista is texting me, and then he's like, "Oh shit, I'm sorry, you guys are recording." Yeah, I fucking Joe. So oh, I drove. Does. I drove to. Um, I drove to Ali's house. And I put it on his mailbox, which is right next to his front door, and um, then I left, and then I texted him to cho- go check his mailbox. Um, so I, it was kind of a quick pick up and drop off. Um, so yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I just took it over there. Um, uh, okay, yeah. so yeah, uh, that is a little creepy. Um, that's a cool project, though. That, that's <laughs> rad, dude. Ali's like the perfect guy for that, and then he's making yeah. those cool turbo fans. Well, wait. Mm-hmm. So I just want to know. Uh, so what is he? He just three D scans it. He's like he's got a he's got dude, a scanner so to get all the dimensions question. and everything. Like I, I'm kind of curious about how this works. He that's he a good question. He was measuring it, so measuring so, it, and then. Here, um, creating a file. Maybe it's this so answers simple, your question. Dude. I think he said he was going to draw it. So here, I'm, I'm sending okay. you a text yeah. right now. I mean, I know this is not good podcast material, but it's basically a 3D rendering of it without yeah. the center, without the holes. Uh, um, and my understanding is that he took the one that I sent him, and as yeah, you guys are already saying he measured it and then drew it in CAD or whatever program he uses, and then you know it's built to those dimensions. I mean, that that's kind of my understanding, right? Which is, it's like the easiest thing ever, right? Is it though? Just, I mean, because on the back a, side, there's like all these like, you know, extra stuff. stuff, right? I would imagine. I think it's held in just it with that one. I, it's just that screw, that screw hole that screw. or whatever. Yeah, there is, a, there is a like, um, fuck, this is nitty gritty shit, but it, where that screw hole goes, it is raised on the backside, yeah. so it's not totally smooth. But um, that's all him just some. taking a set of calipers and just doing a bunch of measurements. And yeah, I guess, yeah, I that. guess Lane knows the process. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just do that and you measure it and then you enter it into the program, I guess. I don't know. If he 3, 3D scanned that thing, he'd still have to do all that stuff. So maybe he's doing it that way, but you still have to go in and like, Put the real measurements and stuff like that. Because here's the ba- here's the backside. Yeah, I just sent to those aren't completely accurate. That's oh, cool. Oh, dude. I forgot to mention. Um, I also ordered a Recaro seat slider for my driver's seat. Oh, oh okay, nice. sweet. Finally, yeah, finally. It's. I was just thinking that we should coin a new term for art, which is um, creepy and cryptic. Would be cryptic. Oh, oh cryptic. Like yeah. Sounds like. Is that a good album title or a song title? I think that's more. That's like your forum name. Oh, and I rode. (laughs) I I forgot to talk about on the last podcast because it was like right before the podcast, um, the last Sunday show or Thursday show or whatever. But uh, I rode Ali's like specialized electric assist, like crazy dual suspension mountain bike. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's the biggest cheater, gnarly. Like I took it in. Westlake in the in the field right there lighthouse field and dude you just like like it's i was like how do you bunny hop this thing for one because i'm like i i couldn't figure it out like i just like basically run up the curb but like, dude so you just go as, yeah, there's there's so much suspension oh, and it's so yeah. heavy too hmm. um and having it on like pedal assist one is kind of like riding a normal bike but still like maybe like about that level because it is so heavy um, but dude, that thing mobs, dude. It's just like you just like point and shoot, dude. It's like it's like a little dirt bike. It's crazy, so this dude. Is the, the suspension is so good. S- Specialized S Works Turbo, I think, is what they call it. I'm not sure. And the then exact he modified name, it. It has like aftermarket suspension on it. Of um, course, like Olin's or something, right? Olin's yeah. dampers and stuff, and new brakes. Of course, he like did everything, and it's just so nuts, dude. But it's just your uh, twenty thousand dollar mountain bike. But I was gonna compare it to something. Well, it's less than that, dude. But um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, it's like a. I think it was think like a six thousand dollar buy-in, and then he n- put some stuff on it. No, no, no. Yeah. Those are. I think they start at twelve grand. No, no, no. It doesn't. His isn't for the he, for the S Works Turbo. The one he has, no. But um, huh. he sent me the listing when he bought it, before he bought it. Um, I thought they were all that expensive. No, they're hmm. not. Unless you got, um, like, some crazy industry deal or something. But, yeah. But uh, he, it's, I was, like, comparing it to, it's like a 911 Turbo S oh. or a GTR, essentially. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. you get back, I get back on my, you know, I had my 20, I had my 26-inch um, SE cruiser and that's like getting back on this analog thing that's like hard you feel the pavement you feel everything mm. you're doing you feel the power you're putting through it going to the ground to you know to the wheels and it's like you know because like after I rode it I'm all this thing's so rad but I could see also wanting like a super light you know 
rigid, you know, maybe a front shock, rigid rear bike that's more like just like super lightweight, like like 22 pounds, super analog, best components, like just, you know, it feels so good to like get on a bike analog, you know, pedal it and have that, that lightness and has have the front end lift up and and, uh, it's a totally different feel, which is like, Mm. there's a, there's definitely a want for both, but this one is definitely less of you and more of the bike doing all the work, you know? So that's funny. That's like, yeah, it's like a long early, you could destroy trails and then you go ride like a super analog bike and you have to actually work and you have to like choose what line you're going to take. Cause if you take the wrong line, you're fucked. Like mm. this bike, you just go over everything. It's like, it's a, yeah. No, so and, 911 yeah. long hood, right. Versus uh modern turbo S or something. Like, so I don't know tech. if I brought it up on the podcast, but I was outside the Wrigley building like last month and this kid started talking to me about my car when I was, I got in it to leave and he like rolled up on his bike and he's talking to me and he worked at Santa Cruz bikes and he's like, yeah, my dad used to have a Jensen or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And, uh, I was like, he's like, yeah, these are really cool, man. This is cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. It's like not fast, you know, it's just slow, like super. He's like, yeah, it's like, um, it's like, um, slow bike fast. Oh, really? They say that? No, I was like, whoa, really? I'm like, that's a thing? He's like, yeah, you know, like like riding like a super analog mountain bike or something. Huh. It's just like you know, all the things we talk about with cars and like I just kind of talked about. That's yeah. funny. And he was, re- he was relating it to bikes. And I was like, oh, it's so awesome, dude. Like, that's so that's cool. Like, that's and rough. that's a thing like now with mountain bikes and stuff, it's coming back where people are wanting like hardtails and rigid forks and stuff like that to kind of go back to back to basics and mm. have to work at it more and have like a more natural, you know, feel a lightweight, yeah, yeah. you know, lightweight analog sports car, as opposed to a GTR, not a little mm. So Makes sense. That's funny. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I, yeah. I'm curious um, about the, so these e-bikes, it's like a whole new blooming field, but like the, what you just described about all these, like, I wonder what it's going to like, what, it feels like it's going to put a lot of pressure on the tires right there. Like a lot of that experience, you know, you're, I, it, there's probably a big deal even on a pedal bike. Um, I, at least when you're going downhill. Um, but now all of a sudden with all this extra power and like the extra speed that you're going into turns and leaning into the turns and all of this stuff, like, I wonder what tire technology is going to do now with all of it. I think it's all there, dude. It's like, they run tubeless now. Um, you know, like mm. there is crazy tech, tire technology compared to like when I used to ride and stuff. Um, like, are people so, going to have their supermoto style and then their dirt bike style e bikes? Yeah, like all these there different. Is the, I mean, there is that with mountain bikes already, right? There's full on downhill bikes that are like crazy travel and they weigh like seventy pounds. And then there's like the cross country bikes where you want it lighter and you don't have as much suspension travel and stuff like that. And then, and then a lot of these the tires are tubeless, so they they can essentially air down if they need to, if you're on loose stuff, you know, if you're on like, if you're on more like sandy surfaces and stuff, you can air down your tires, um, and, and still, you know, so you can go through it more. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the technology seems to be pretty insane, dude. And then with suspension so and stuff, it's like, you know, he, he went and bought Olin's dampers and it came with like killer, you know, I know what was a good was- stock, like Fox setup or something. I was shopping for mountain bikes earlier in quarantine and they were impossible to find unless you stepped up to these expensive bikes. So I ended up getting a used mountain bike, a, a rock lobster, but I was looking at these specifically cause it's such an amazing, you know, kind of a breakthrough to have a light enough, uh, electric application for these mountain bikes. And I was just looking at the website right now and they do go ex- get pretty expensive, but I think the cheapest one electric, is seventy five hundred bucks? Well, no, no I think, they am cheaper Lane, than that. But anyways, they're cheaper than that, All right? They started no, like forty two hundred or something, or thirty nine hundred right. or something. But exactly. His so was the like top the, the sixty five hundred dollar one or whatever because it doesn't have the. I feel like he has the aluminum frame as opposed to the carbon Not frame. Carbon. So he has the aluminum frame, and then he. But with his upgrades and stuff, he might be close to sure. ten grand or something. But you know, he he Their has bike a better the, bike than probably the. The carbon one, just because it's, you know, what you're losing Strong. two pounds on a bike that already right. weighs a ton. You're adding so all the battery stuff, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. The S works turbo Levo SL is 14,000. So that's just starting and that that's with Fox shock. So, you know, if you want to go above that. Yeah. And I, I was yeah. reading up on some history on the e-bike stuff and like, uh, I forget the name of this company, motor and battery company, like Juiced or something, or no, it's, it's probably something mm-hmm. different. But um, early on, they were uh, kind of pioneering reliable and high horsepower, horsepower, that's probably not a term they use, uh, center drive systems. And they used Santa Cruz, uh, I think it was Nomads, whatever the biggest, gnarliest bike. It probably yeah. maybe it wasn't a nomad. I I don't know it, the giant downhill one with like the longest travel, and that was like a ten thousand dollar bike. And then they were adding uh, this kit on there, and I think you even wear the battery in a backpack just for the right oh, weight crazy. distribution or something like that. Um, and uh, and it uh, yeah, I think it <laughs> I think it was like another eight grand or something on top of the cost of the bike. And so yeah, it was it was like you know twenty grand is not unreasonable. Uh, but Gnarly. you know, a pretty interesting thing. And they were showing videos of the guys like cutting lines going up the trails instead of just down. So it's like you're completely opening up new new things. That's rad. Uh congrats on a rock lobster, by the way. That's a cool buy. Yeah, that's a rad yeah, thanks, man. handmade. Yeah, I'm stoked on it. Yeah, it's super super nice. I forget yeah, the guy's name. I, I follow him on Instagram though. He's still he's still welding up Paul. stuff. Yeah, Paul Hadoff. I forget his name, but yeah, he's still out there hand building bikes. It's pretty cool. Nope. Um, How about you buying yeah, so hand, uh, hand building Volvos? Um, I can talk about Volvos. I'm not <laughs> hand building anything at the moment, but um, yeah, we were talking about. Wait, some... Art, do you say do you say Volvo? He said Volvo. Volvo. He kind of does. Volvo. He said Volvo. Volvo. Yeah, and Tesla and Tesla. Toyota Chrysler. Oh, and Chrysler. The more yeah. the more he says it, the more it's getting fucked up in my head too. I'm not gonna be able to say it right <laughs> now. You're, so- <laughs> yeah, rub it yeah. off on you. I'm gonna have to learn the Swedish uh, pronunciation or something to offset yeah. it. My name is Warren. I am Lane, and we are here to talk to you about Copart, a new sponsor of the Driving Wall Awesome podcast. We are excited to have them on board because. These guys are perfect for anyone looking for salvage cars. They have a lot of used cars, like new, slightly damaged vehicles, and even stuff from rental companies like Enterprise, Hertz, Avis, and Rent-A-Car. We know Brian's always looking for a minivan. Copart may be the perfect place to find that minivan, and it's an auction. So you get good photos. Uh, You kind of know what you're getting, unlike some of these Craigslist ads and whatnot. Um, they even have some kind of hard-to-find cars, right, Lane? Yeah, they have uh, K-trucks, like the uh, trucks that Warren and I drove on the recent Round Cat Rally um, where we drove some Honda Acties, and they have a little... Uh, Warren searched Mitsubishi and found a little Mitsubishi K-truck dump truck, actually. We all know that auctions are kind of taking over here in the online world, and these guys have a mobile app, Um 100% online auctions. Uh, once you get signed up, it's pretty easy to search for your vehicles, jump right into auctions. You can even save your searches and get email alerts for a specific vehicle, which is super useful. Um, and people aren't picking these cars apart before they're sold. This is, you buy the entire car, it's what you see is what you get. So, yeah. you know, when you go to pick and pull or pick apart uh, junkyard stuff, you get there and you think you're going to have a car left and all that's, you know, remaining is maybe the frame and uh, some old, I don't know. What's what's in the bottom of seats these I, days? I don't know, but I recently went to a, a pick and pull to try and find parts, and and uh, I basically wasted three and a half hours of my time because <laughs> the car go. had literally nothing on it. So had one go. tail light, and it was cracked. But uh, oh, with this, perfect. this is the perfect thing for someone also. Like if you're swap, if you're doing an LS swap or any kind of swap, you buy the whole car. You're buying the ECU. You're buying the transmission. You know, you're buying all these parts if you want to swap all these parts into a different car or if you just want to rebuild said car, you know, it might just, you know, some of these cars might have really minor damage or even no damage at all, really. But uh, right. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners are quite savvy with rebuilds and refurbishing cars. So what better place to look than uh, Copart? And you may find the perfect example of your car that needs a little love uh, for a lot less. So Check out copart.com, and uh, I would say bid with confidence. 
Joining Copart is easy and affordable. Usually memberships start at less than $5 a month, but we're giving our listeners an additional $20 off the basic membership. Go to copart.com slash DWA to get your special offer. That's copart.com slash DWA. Find your next vehicle for less at Copart. Um, but yeah, we're, so we were talking about fuel injection a little bit ago. Pretty interesting little thing. Now I have a fuel injected car, uh, old fuel injected. Um, and it brings up a whole new set of things, but, uh, yeah, I don't even know where to start really. Uh, I could tell a short story just about selling the old one. Um, but you guys are already tuning out, so I don't even know. No, no, <laughs> what do you guys want to know? Well, I mean, is there a story to it or is it just like you sold the car? Um, I know you put up your ad on like Christmas day. Like we were talking about how psychopaths <laughs> know, do that. Funny. It was on the, New Year's the show day. Before. Yeah. New Year's yeah, day. Yeah. We were talking, you're like, who does it on Christmas Eve? Who would put up an ad? And I then know. you put it up on New Year's Eve. Or it was New year? Year's Eve. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Eve, I was like yeah. laughing my ass off about that. that was yeah. Hilarious. No, I thought it was pretty funny too. And of course it's cause we were calling it out, you know, like I'm calling it out too. And, and, uh, and then of course I end up, uh, that just signs me up for the future of doing it myself. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where, <laughs> I mean, uh, I was ready to get rid of it and sure I could wait, but, or I could just post it up now and I'm, more people would see it. So if people don't want to look at the ad for three days, that's fine. Uh, but you know, I'm ready to go. Why wait on it? Right. Like, so that's a thing called a stale ad because less people would see it when it's hot and new because less people are looking on those so, days. Yeah. I mean, so sure. that's the, yeah. that's why. Uh, but yeah, regardless, um, from my point of view, it's like, I'm ready to, you know, get it gone. Uh, I don't, I don't want to just wait on it. Um, mm-hmm. and Brian, so real quick, up it goes. Um, so- I'm curious. I mean, obviously, there's one thing for people to organically find it, but you shared it on our feed, which is a good move. Did someone end up buying it that saw it on DWA? No, it was just oh, Craigslist. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah, a few a few people had uh, uh, poked around at it, you know, like DMing me and stuff like that. Um, but um, yeah, pretty quickly, uh, someone locally just found it and and arranged to meet up. Um, so. I'm going to forget some of the details, but the main thing here is that basically I, you know, like I pricing, it was a little weird. You know, I, I basically had, uh, uh, a thousand into the car just because I'm including the dent pro work. Um, so that was 700 plus 300 dent pro plus it wasn't dent pro. It was a city dent. City dent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's city city underscore dent. Check him out. This guy's magic. Yeah, and not dent pro. Just put five hundred into the radiator, and then also, you know, um, I I had Kevin do some all the polishing and everything like that. So um, hard car. About Joe towing the car and stuff. And and the towing. So I kind of like, um, I I just kind of all of it uh, gets into a gray area. Like I wasn't sure exactly how much to charge, but, um, I threw up, I think I, it was 1900 was the price. And that was more or less kind of covering what I had into it. Um, and then I would keep all the tune up parts that I had bought because it would still work on the new car. First guy comes to look at it. He calls me pretty earlier on, uh, on the same day. Um, and he was at work. So he came over at four and we're, uh, we're poking around at it. <laughs> and he immediately offered me, he's like, he was stoked on it. He saw it. He was, you know, we were just like introductions, poked around a little bit. And he's like, uh, you know, 1700, would nice. you do it? And I was like, <laughs> basically, you know, I, I was, you know, about to waffle about the, the, you know, my, my, the, the value to me just in the parts. And, um, but I was like, just about to say yes. And I was like, um, wait, shit. I haven't even given you the tour of the rust yet. (laughs) Mm. You just offered this. We haven't even had this conversation. Like we got to, 
we got to look at the rust. So it's before I even have a chance to accept, you know, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> you didn't look you need to try to at least talk him out of it first. To exactly. See <laughs> I needed really that serious. moment to really, uh, you know, downsell it. And yeah, yeah. You gotta, I mean, buy Yeah. Sell low, sell low. Keep, exactly. Keep so we start, uh, I'm, I'm pointing out all the spots and the major one first. And I honestly like didn't spend much time poking around. Like I see the major spots. Kevin had shown me pictures when he was going through the car. Um, And it's like, okay, well, shit, there's some rust in the floorboards. I got to do some patchwork. Whether it's a a big patch or a small patch, you're welding in stuff regardless. Um, And so I didn't poke around in depth. And I should have. (laughs) because it was like, it was soft in a lot of areas. And so it was him and I, I I said, we got to look at the rust. We got to do the rust tour. Uh, We're poking around together. And it's like more than he was expecting. He, he saw the, how the body looked and the condition of the paint and was kind of like assuming that it was good. Um, And we're both looking at it and it's like, dang, that's like, you know, there's a significant amount of work here. So bad sales guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, and so basically it's like, he's like, ah, oh, you know, more than I was hoping. Thank you for showing me that. <laughs> I got to think about it. I was like, yeah, definitely think about it. Like I'm kind of reeling here too. I'm not sure what to do with the ad exactly. Um, but after he left, I went and modified it. I lowered the price and I said, I put it at the top headline, like, you know, rust in floorboards. Um, and I was already advertising it as a project. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'll just, I'm going to talk to my friends. This guy had a lot of Volvos at his house too, old ones that he would just pick up. Uh, so he's like, I'm going to talk to my friend and see you too. And so hit me up later. And, um, his friend offered me a thousand bucks. I get to keep the radiator that I was so passionate about. Um, and, uh, uh, I bit, I just said, yeah. <laughs> so started at 1900. Uh, sold it for a thousand with no radiator. He came by and picked it up a couple days later. So that's, you know, <laughs> getting into, I mean, nice. that's still, I'm still like basically out more or less what I put in with no towing. You know, I spent $500 on the radiator, but I get to use it for my new car. Uh, Cause it bolts up just the same, you know, a thousand was the hard cost that I had in my car in that, that car. So basically I'm stoked after seeing the rust, uh, a little further, I'm, I was just happy to get rid of it. Um, uh, because that, it, you know, to anybody else coming to look, I don't know what kind of haggling I would be going through on any of it. And, um, super painless too. Like I never even dealt with his friend. Actually, I had all the lean sale paperwork. It was all there. Nothing had my name on it. So I didn't even have to do a bill of sale. Uh, um, it, it, it's just all there and he's local, so he can just hit me up if he has problems. Um, but he, he came to pick it up, uh, full pro it's uh, like, it's just so fun to see other people doing this sort of stuff. Like he comes up, I'm like in the middle of feeding, uh, you know, uh, feeding the kids and I'm, I'm just here by myself watching them. And I was like, Oh man, uh, give me a sec. I got to wrangle the kids and I can help you push it. And he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. I got this. And he's just solo. He had his uh, truck parked down the hill a little bit with a tow dolly. And uh, he basically, you know, pushes it, gets it going, uh, pushes the car, jumps in on my driveway and just rolls right out my driveway (laughs) down to his dolly. He's like, uh, I was like, oh, you know, I'm happy to help. Uh, He's like, he's like, don't worry, this ain't my first rodeo. (laughs) And gives me that move while he's pushing it and jumping in. And I'm like, oh, I love it, man. Good yeah. job. You, should, you almost <laughs> wanted to offer him a little money back because you didn't help him. And you felt like, you know. Like, That's true. <laughs> That's true. Credits on future Volvo purchases from me, maybe. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah, it was kind of quick and easy. Um, and uh, the other benefit of posting uh, on New Year's Eve was um, I didn't get the cash in hand, but I got a commitment to buy it. Uh, like basically close the deal uh, in 2020 before the, before the start of the new year. So I got to start 2021 with a fresh slate, uh, uh, just one car, one project car. Single Volvo. Mm. The good one. 
Cool. Yeah, and so, so what's up you, with that one? Have you yeah. poked around the the new one more? To I see have. More I want to do more, but I've I've done an aggressive poking where it's like you know it's not just like looking to see if it's intact like it's literally like like i'm like banging on the floorboards i, sh- I should really take a screwdriver and and just kind of go or a dremel around. a dremel and start sawing <laughs> yeah holes just get in a sawzall. sawzall yeah saws saw the thing off and then just be like, thing? yeah, just uh, yeah a plasma gosh. cutter yeah a good plasma cutter will give you a good look at the rust probably like a, a big like a axe or something yeah. Yeah. Like like a, oh like a, like a prospecting pick or something right <laughs> yeah, like just yeah. you guys are great with advice yeah those are good tips um, and then you get a pan and put the rust in there and pan for rust or whatever. <laughs> when I when the car left, there was just like a, a big chunk of rust just sitting on my oh, driveway shit, that was dang. just like from us poking yes. around. But, See you later. But it's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's undercoating on these things. It's not always obvious when, you know, you're kind of looking around and feeling around. But it's like, you know, if, but if it's that feels hard soft. to find, don't you think you can live with it? Like, I mean, well, like, I don't like, think it was hard to find, dude. It was like. The extent of it was hard to find. It's fair to say that. Um, well, how long did it take I, you to do that? Uh, what's a, what do you mean? To you, find I mean, that rust. Warren's saying it, you know, uh, so it took Kevin. It was like at Kevin's place for a while. It was like he was doing the rear carpets. I went around underneath and I was looking around, but it's with this undercoating, uh, you know, a lot of it's like covered up basically. No, I know. But you found the rust within like 10 minutes Within 10 minutes with that guy. So it obviously wasn't that difficult. With this guy. I mean, I had owned the car for like over a month. I know, but right? you hadn't looked. You have to, I mean, no, I, I, saying I, difficult and looking is a different thing, right? I'm, I feel like there's a miscommunication. What I'm saying is with all the undercoating and everything, uh, it and, and, you know, if you, short of removing the carpets, uh, and even when you remove the carpet in the front, like there's like layers in the driver's side floorboard that make it a little hard to see the extent, right? Yeah. And, uh, well, like the you tar, know, you're talking and, about the tar. And even the stuff that if you're, if you're looking at it underneath and kind of like feeling around, uh, it actually looks fine. But then when you really, uh, press it, it's like, you know, I was able to s- just by f- kind of poking more aggressively, right? Like there's a difference between like feeling around, seeing if it's falling apart versus like poking aggressively. There's stuff that was soft and that could be, it's kind of a gray area, right? And so on mine, like my current one, I haven't had it up on a lift. So it's everything that I've been doing has just been like from underneath, but I had the benefit of having two cars so I could compare one versus the other. So I walk, I walk out and I'm feeling, and it's like, it's kind of soft. And then I feel mine on, on the one in the garage and it's like, I'm banging on it and there's no, you know, it's like a normal car stuff nice. floor. Right. And it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, it's just, uh, I should have, uh, done more due diligence right away. First thing, uh, uh, with the other car and with this one, I should really, you know, I've, I've done a fair amount now, but I should really, it, I'm, I really want to pull the carpets out. Uh, it's not that big of a job to do and, and really inspect where it is. Cause you know, obviously the stuff gets worse over time. Um, but it, I, it just made me feel much better about the car that I did end up with and, and, and lucky knock on wood. Yeah. Because, it kind of seals the deal right there. Right? Yeah. 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 Like, Cool. And I was looking up, actually, Thomas came over to hang over, hang out for a little bit. Uh, he wanted to see the car. He, he wanted to make me a deal where he was buying it, even though he knew that was a bad idea. And <laughs> I, I didn't want to sell it to him because mm-hmm. he's got project overhead already and I don't want to put it on him. Uh, but, um, yeah, he was poking around and we were kind of looking and he had a one, four, five, the wagon version. Uh, so he knows kind of some of the things that fail and we were just looking for stuff to like, you know, what, is there anything worth keeping from that car before I get rid of it? And it's like, everything was better on this one. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, not forget about the fuel cap. <laughs> fuel cap I changed. I changed the rear yep. view mirror also. Those things get okay. chalky and, and the one go. in the other car was better. Um, cool. Yeah. Anyways, so now I got this other one um, and it's got fuel injection, which I think is a conversation worth having, but I had I had plans for this other one, uh, the previous car, and a lot of it was based on the fact that it was kind of ratty to start with, and it changes with this one. I've already mentioned on the podcast before because um, this one's just a little bit more complete, and so, you know, turning it into a beater race car isn't the right thing, it feels like. Um, 
but then I, I, and I also had plans to just go, you know, some cool carbs like the side draft Weber's. And now I have fuel injection. And, um, in the beginning I was still thinking the same thing, but, uh, I've been convinced otherwise. And my first step is going to be getting the D jet running. Um, cool. yeah, it's, uh, you know, a couple people reached out. I, I talked to the guy, I was emailing the guy down at iRoll Motors and Gilroy and to see if he had any carb setups on hand and happened to be that he replied at the same time as some other people saying like, uh, the D jet's going to work way better than a basic, uh, basic carb setup, uh, in almost all areas. Yes, it won't, uh, go crazy with, uh, tuning. So if you want to do max performance, it's not going to be ideal. Um, uh, just the, the components in there can't be adjusted as much as you'd want, I guess. Um, but in, for normal operation, it's going to be better. And, uh, this system is pretty well documented and, um, not that complicated. It looks like so. Cool. Is this yeah. the same as, the, so you did, you had mentioned that P 1800s had a similar system. Is it, is it the same? I think it's exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Then there's, there's got to be a ton of info out there. Yeah. And like Mercedes ran D Jet and didn't uh, uh, there's a, early 914s have D Jet? 914s. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's super, so. it's super reliable and good. I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. I had L Jet in my 914, and that's known to be a little more like temperamental because it has the little like slider thing, kind of like a, hmm. like moving towards like Motronic and stuff. Um, it just has more components, right? More vacuum and stuff. More moving parts. Uh, or more moving parts, yeah. But DJ's supposed to be pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty solid and yeah, you know, obviously trusted. And but like we were talking about on the last, we were talking about that on the podcast, where like you know you get to a certain point, it can only handle so much within a parameter of what it was made to handle, basically. So that's when people move to carbs and stuff, you know. If they, yeah, if you board the, if you board this thing right? out to like two point four or something and all that, you would move to mega square or carburetors or something like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, so apparently that's a conversion that has been done. I mean, people people have converted like basically you use a lot of the same like you use the same intake manifold and all of that stuff, uh, but you can convert over to mega squirt. Uh, but it's definitely not just plug and play. It's not easy. Like we were talking about in the Thursday show, like just bolt on a hundred dollar thing and you're good. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot, uh, it's a full system. And so you got to find a mega, there's the so many stuff. mega squirt nerds, dude. You could just find one of those guys. If you did decide to do that, like later on, right. You decided to go with like crazy cams and, you know, bigger bore or whatever and you could do that and there's so many mega squirt nerds out there um you know i don't know, know if that's, what about that's true <laughs> i don't know if that's wow. true like mm. i think that's one of the difficult things with going to mega squirt is finding the nerds i mean they're all over the internet like so they're on all the renless forums and stuff like that there's like mega squirt you know Tons of mega squirt threads and stuff <laughs> dedicated to it, and like guys that just nerd out on that stuff. It's very common. Yeah, the the key though, yeah. One piece of advice that I got was um, that you kind, you know, if you're gonna find someone to help you with mega squirt, it's like go to them before you buy a components. There are a lot of options for either different versions of mega squirt or other brands too, uh, and they all you know, there, it's kind of like each has its own language. And, um, so the person who's going to be helping you is going to be familiar with one. And so you'll want to make sure that that's aligned. And, you know, if you're looking at bringing it to a shop and like dyno tuning and all of that, like, there's just like a few different things that have to all come together at once, like, you know, like which one of these guys on Renlist has access to a, a, a shop that he can do dyno tuning and, you know, make sure it all works. And I, I don't know. It, it seems like it's not, it's not super easy. Just like reaching out yeah, and finding but that's, somebody. That's definitely down the line. If you decide to go down that route, right. It sounds like you're going to test out this system, see how you feel about it, make it reliable. And then if you decide you need more power, you can probably take the necessary steps, right? First, maybe the cam, maybe some timing, yeah. maybe whatever, and maybe I, a header. And the way I see yeah. it is there's a, I mean, yeah, if I could get just a reliable running motor carbed or, 
injected or whatever, it doesn't even matter. Like that's step one is just get it so it can drive down the road. But, and then, uh, like bare minimum for driving down the road. And then the real work is like getting all the other systems sorted. Um, yeah. so, uh, you know, and, and, and then, uh, beyond that, it's like getting all the systems so they work well. So like, uh, I mean, getting all the systems functioning, uh, and then getting them so they work well. And that's like, I would much rather start with, uh, uh, brakes and, and su- suspension and all of that. Um, and then do, you know, then address further motor improvements as needed, basically. But cool. it's all cool. in theory right now. I've haven't, I, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been working on my dishwasher for like two weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, whatever other things like, uh, there's definitely, um, I try to balance the family time stuff. So, I just recently spent a ton of time just with car transactions, moving stuff back and forth and here and there and buying and selling cars. And so I feel like I ate up a chunk of like automotive working time. Uh, and so now I'm like repaying back the bank of like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll try not to spend all my free time doing that, uh, do more family stuff. And then now, uh, my next session is going to be, uh, just kind of trying to get this, this motor running. Um, but I haven't done any work in the past few weeks on it. Uh, it, it feels like on the basic DJET stuff that I've read, it's kind of like, uh, it's a system that like certain pulses feed like two cylinders at once. And so if things are wrong, like it'll kind of be, feel like it's running on half the cylinders. Um, and that could be like the trigger points, uh, that are, uh, in the distributor, uh, it could be that simple. Um, you know, like some could be dirty or whatever. There could be like a bad points, uh, uh, component. Um, and that does seem like what is happening when I tried to start it. It was like, it felt like it was off. Like, like basically like two cylinders weren't firing correctly. It could be clogged injectors. I mean, these are, you know, who knows what the history of these things are. Uh, uh, 72 is pretty ancient. Um, uh, so a lot of different things, but it did, it did feel like I wanted to start. Um, and, uh, uh, so, you know, just going through the components one by one and it, it's interesting too, because I looked at an old, I had a video posted on YouTube, um, from my Mercedes W116 DJET system that I was trying to get running. And now that I'm watching that after reading some of the documents, uh, it, it was doing the same thing too. It was like stumbling, like it was missing on, uh, uh, a few cylinders and it may have been this, you know, a similar, a similar problem. Uh, but I didn't know it at the time. I, I was like pretty clueless on the whole thing at that point. Right. Well, it sounds like, uh, many more project car updates to come is what it sounds like to me, but you're down to one Volvo. You've got uh, oh, and it's in the garage too. I don't know if I mentioned that's that, right, but that's pretty no, nice. You, you let's see that us. sneak peek. Us. <laughs> like, he gives that <laughs> that sneak peek. Lost that. Ooh, oh, look at that. Cool. All right, is it trivia time? Yeah. You guys got anything else? It's trivia time. Last week we talked about the most expensive vehicles for sale. Uh, this week we're going to talk about the least expensive, and I think you guys will have a better chance of guessing at least one in the top five, although Art did with the Bugatti last week, uh, get one in the top five. So top five, or I guess you could say bottom five, uh, the least expensive vehicles sold. They still make that Mitsubishi thing? The Mirage? Mirage. Mitsubishi Mirage. Good guess. That is number two. Nissan. Not the cheapest. Nissan versus fourteen. 990. The Versa Note still made? It looks like a fucking beluga whale on miniature pills. The Mirage or Um, the Note? The Mirage. Mirage. The Mirage. I couldn't couldn't see it. It I know, I know. If you you just picture it in your mind, it's really pretty bad. Um, Say that again, Art? Versa Note? I think, yeah, both Brian and I said Versa Note, right? Versa Jinx. S has replaced the note apparently as the cheapest uh entry. It is number three on the Ooh. list. Fifteen six. Oh shite. What is the cheapest car? Six. Hmm. Uh, what yeah. what is that price? Fifteen? Fifteen six fifty five. I yeah. know they don't get much cheaper. Cars are not getting cheaper, huh? They ain't getting cheaper. Oh man. Yeah. 
Yeah, like what's the what's the landscape in the fifteen to nineteen thousand dollar range? I wonder what the what's the. I'm good surprised deal you don't know, Brian. This seems like you would have the brochures on your wall. I should. Is it it's oh, like my used uh, car range? Are we are, are we yeah. allowed hints, or do we want to start guessing already? I was going to ask um, if, if it's a domestic marker. Is that too big of a hint? Yeah. So the number number one is domestic. Huh. Oh really? I, I'm the, trying to yeah. think of cars that are made. What, what are the Aveo? Cars, Chevy Aveo. Is that still a thing? Spark. Chevy Very Spark. Close. Chevy Spark. That's it. Yes. They still Chevy make Chevy Spark. Spark. Fourteen three ninety five. Huh. So it undercuts the crappy Mirage by six hundred bucks, but. Damn, it is a uh, 98 horsepower. Solid um, performance. Tiny box, but it gets 38 miles per gallon highway. Is the which Spark the one we drove? Up no, that's to, a Sonic. Uh, you drove a that's Sonic like, R. Yeah. Uh, Sonic. Oh, Chevy okay, because I was going to say I wasn't horrible. Crash test ratings. This is a Sonic. So here. for uh, number four, Hyundai Accent, which mm. is a much, much better car, uh, 16,270. And then the uh, number five choice, Jetta? actually... It's pretty rare. I don't see him all that often. Is 2020 uh, Yaris sedan, specifically the sedan, which is a Mazda 2 from 2011. Whoa. Essentially, they just kept going. Yeah, they kept making it. With it. So uh, the hatchback is two grand more. God, it's Um, so ugly. But uh, Toyota Yaris sedan, 16.6. So that's number five. Um, But the Hyundai uh, Accent, I think, is probably where you want to be. If you're uh, really shopping with your wallet, a 2009 Toyota Yaris looks so much better than a 2020. I know, I know. They've gotten a little uh, fish mouth or catfish. I don't know how to describe. I think that's what my uh, mother and father-in-law have is a Yaris, or my mother-in-law has. Remember, was that after they they their Saturn? Yeah, remember I talked about that. They bought a new Yaris, and I was like, "What? Why don't you guys buy something better?" Like, it's so weird. It's very weird, very weird, but there you go. That's trivia. That's all I got for you. Um, nice. I'll just one little tidbit I'll throw in here is I'm very surprised to see how safe this car is. Modern technology, man. Um, I'll send you guys a link to right. it. We can review it after the podcast, but it's it's like pretty good throughout. Um, and a couple are acceptable. And this is from a, this is on IHS, so it's it's good. Which one? The Spark. It's a oh. the ratings are good, acceptable, marginal, and poor, and it's. The worst it has is acceptable on a few points, um, but for the most part, it's good across the board. So it's like huh. a lot of airbags, a lot of yeah. crumple zones. You know, like I, I know cars the are so much safer. Like that's one of the reasons I wanted to get rid of the TSX when I had it is because um, it was actually poor in side impact. Oh, mm. interesting. I imagine the Mirage is the the worst of the bunch. Look Probably. it up, Art. Twenty twenty Mitsubishi one? Mirage. Mitsubishi crash testing isn't that car just horrible just like it looks terrible i think i'd seen a review of it and they were talking about just like exposed screws and you know the cheapest carpet possible the cheapest seats ever Mm. yeah Yeah, here we go we got some marginals a lot of marginals we got some pores yeah this (laughs) one's way shitty yeah there you go (laughs) you're not looking for marginal nope really all right that's podcast we'll see you guys next time all right later adios peace Patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Do you enjoy the DWA podcast? Give us a little love and support us on Patreon and get some awesome bonuses like a weekly exclusive Patreon podcast, exclusive stickers, koozies, and discounts on everything in our store, early access to rallies and other DWA events, and much, much more. Um, Yeah. It really helps us out if you become a patron of the podcast and we hook you up with some really cool stuff. So join us now at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Thanks.